Welcome to The Mushroom's Apprentice. I'm your host, Shona Home. My guest today is a lifelong student of runic philosophy. Tina Kemp is a former chef turned housewife and mother, and she offers rune readings for people as a tool for introspection and self-improvement. She co-hosts a podcast on esoteric topics with astrologist Fiona Edgar on YouTube, and she has her own YouTube channel under the name Tina K, where she discusses the subject of runes. She also creates runic talismans and rune sets. I had the great good fortune to meet Tina when I participated in the Women of Wisdom speaker series run by Venice McNeil, who is the producer of Magical Egypt. I was immediately struck by Tina's depth of wisdom and her ability to see the inner workings of the world with searing clarity. You are in for a treat with this very special woman. So welcome, Tina. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here, sincerely. This is going to be good. So I want you to start, Tina. You've made a lifelong study of the runes. So when did they speak to you? How did this happen for you? Well, the first time um, I have to, it have to start with my uh, with my childhood. Actually, my mother, my mother was an uh, had the magical ability, or at least the, the esoteric interest of a kitchen sink. It didn't interest her at all. But my grandmother, on the other hand, was very much into everything uh, esoteric, tarot cards. Although never runes, I have to say, but she's the one that kind of nudged me in the direction of esotericism and occultism and she knew a lot about it as well she drug she basically dragged me to card readers and palm readers and all that sort of stuff and that really uh, provoked an interest in me and I never even heard about runes until I was in my teenage years and I found them and I had an initial interest in them like this this seems like something and I felt drawn to it but then all the books I read about them, they were always very superficial and the interest just, I lost it for a good long while until I was well in my adult years already. I mean, in the meanwhile, I did read books about them whenever I could. But when, once I started to get into my late 20s, it's, it changed for me because I made my own sets by then and I had made a set that I occasionally used but it was during a moment that I was struggling and I was struggling with myself more than anything else with my place into the world. And I started to do rune readings because I, for some reason, whatever it was, I just didn't feel like tarot cards were helpful to me at all. So I switched over to rune readings and it was a very harsh message I got every time. It was harsh in the sense that uh, it basically pointed at me as the problem in my situation every time. And I found it very difficult to accept because I tried so hard to, you know, to just fit in into the world, into my job, which was a chef at the time, which I was starting to struggle with. Uh, I was starting to become a problem drinker after hours to then go back to work the next day, work for 12 hours or 14 hours, go back home, drink until I go to sleep and cycle repeat. And that was my life. And I was very unhappy with it. And I started to look into runes because for I don't really remember how I started that. It's just that I remember having them in my hands, that I was looking through my bookcase and I must have stored them there 
And all of a sudden I had them in my hand and I decided, well, let's give it a try. And I did that a couple of days in a row every time before I went to bed. And every evening I was <laughs> struggling to sleep because it was always the same message that came about. You are the problem. You need to change. You need to change how you look at the world. You need to change how you um, how you react and interact with the world because you can change this, your own unhappiness, which I really did find a very difficult message to come to terms with, but they were right because I did eventually just packed up and left the town that I was uh, living in. And I lived there for over 10 years. I think it was the better part of 15 years that I lived and worked in that city. So, okay, I decided to leave and follow their advice. Okay, let's start with a change with a clean slate somewhere. And I moved to another place in Belgium where I got more into rune readings. And I got, uh, I got to know people that had a more serious interest in occultism and also uh, runic philosophy more than the superficial uh, uh, BS that you can find in those books written by women calling themselves Raven Feather and Moonbright and all of those kind of things. It's always so full of crap anyway. I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse on your podcast, but... Are you kidding? Go no. have at it, dear. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I left all of that behind and it got gradually better and then um, I did another rune rating for myself because I, I was still not uh, entirely content with it all because I was still working in the hospitality sector just not in the kitchen anymore I'd made myself the promise that if I ever work there again I won't go back to the kitchen so I ended up being a, a floor manager which in the small restaurant I have to say um, but it had, its, it had its problems, but not the kind of problems that I had left behind for my previous city. It was easier to deal with, but then I did another rune reading for myself and something in me broke, but absolutely broke. Because it had a different message this time. And it had a, the message saying that I should stop trying to run from myself. Um running for myself in the sense that I had a, uh, a lot of delusions about my own past of my own childhood. I had a rather abusive mother, to put it mildly, and that is something that I was never able to admit to myself, ever. I got really angry when people started to say things like, yeah, but Tina, don't, don't you think that is a little bit abnormal? I got angry with these people. And so I started to use runes to look more into that. And I started to also look up on the internet. Okay, like, and what is the problem with my mother? And I came up on a bunch of information that, uh, yeah, just broke me at the time. I had a whole year where I just cried and cried and cried. And I did nothing else but crying and go to work. And those are tears that I didn't cry the 15 years before that. But I have to say, I came out of it a much, much uh, healthier person psychologically. I never, uh, never really went to a therapist or, or a counselor, but I just looked internally and I came to terms with myself and a lot of my, um, the problems that I had created for myself because of it, that included drinking, which um, I, I stopped doing that. I am 
able now to just have a, a glass of beer or a glass of wine with dinner and not be, have it become um, a problem or a cycle, which was the indicator for me that, that well, that the sign more than the indicator that these rooms had truly helped me. Um, they had helped me hold up a mirror to myself that I wasn't able to with tarot cards or with other kinds of divination tools. And that I felt in a way as if I owed something back because I felt a real gratitude for it. So I started to look into it more and more and I found much better information, much more useful information about runes, um, also how to use them magically. And I have been using them in a magical sense for myself with great success, sometimes with very unexpected outcomes, but always outcomes that were like, wow, that's this, that worked great. <laughs> for instance, um, this is a recent one. Uh, I moved to Italy and it is a small mountain, uh, mountain town, very small. And there is a valley beneath us. And I used to go there often to just think or to be alone with my own thoughts. And I was sitting in that valley and thinking to myself, wouldn't this be awesome if much more plant life was growing here because it was just a grass meadow this could be like a little pharmacy an apothecary in its own right is it has enough sun and it is in the in the deepest point of the valleys in the, in the valley so it will definitely get enough water and moisture and as i was doing that i was absent-mindedly drawing a room in the in the soil beside me that same day I get invited to um, a, a dinner, a dinner party, where they want to talk about, um, oh, we want to expand on this town and let's do stuff together. It would be very nice if we could get people to, to organize a little bit more. Then we can have events going on here. We can have little markets. We can have a farmer's market. And I was thinking like, wow, but that is exactly to do with the rune that I was drawing in the soil earlier because it was the rune of expansion, the first one of the of the futark, the Fehu rune, um, which is all to do about um, well, uh, liquid means so money and but that is in a in a material sense, but in a philosophical sense, it has to do with expansion. So investments, if you invest in energy, whether that is that energy is money or it is actual energy and effort with your bare hands or mental effort, you can expand upon whatever it is that you're doing. It's the rune of expansion. And I, and I thought, wow, that is amazing. I, I actually did some runic magic there without really wanting to do it, but it happened. And then a year later, I went back to that valley there and <laughs> that uh, I saw that it was much more fruitful down there. There were lots more flowers growing. And okay, you can say that it's because that year we had a drought and um, it didn't rain for a couple of months. And this year it did actually rain and the temperatures were not so hot that it burned everything. Of course, that that is the reason that there are now more plants down there. But to me personally, it's just synchronistic that, of, of course, I, I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. Um, in that sense, I was so overwhelmed with the, with what had come to me um, during that dinner and the people talking about it that I was 
and I was really convinced like, oh, wow, that, that, that really worked in that way then. But though in, in its own way, it worked exactly for what I was wishing too when I went down there to that valley that all of a sudden there were much more wildlife, uh, uh, wild plants, wildflowers growing that were all medicinal. And I found that just fantastic. And I have used them in that sense um, multiple times now, even when my son was having uh, trouble when he was born the first couple of months. Let's, yeah, the first two months he had problems with his belly. He had just had a belly ache the whole time and it felt difficult for him because I had to bottle feed him and I wasn't making enough milk for him. Um, so I kept focusing on my son's belly um, and drawing the, the, the bridal rune on it for easy transit. So he wouldn't get congested in there. And that actually worked on him. Um, now, it's not just a case that I was imagining like, oh, it's going to work for my son. It's going to work for my son. No, it was more like a wish for him. I wish that he would feel better. I really wish that he wouldn't be in pain that way. And then sort of in a meditative state, draw that rune on him. And it did get better. And it got better very quickly, I have to say, because his appetite greatly increased not long after that. It was a matter of a week at most that I was uh, calling the, his pediatrician just a week before saying like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. He's suffering, he's in pain. And just to, to the next week, well, to the next appointment with his pediatrician saying, oh no, it's fine. He eats, he eats well, he grew a lot, he gained his weight. It's all good with him. Well, well, okay. I have a number of questions from that, but first, okay. For those out there who are not familiar with what runes are, why don't you describe what are runes? There are several things at the same time, uh, because two things can be true at the same time. They are an alphabet, and they are they are used as an alphabet, and there are def different iterations of them. You have the older futark, you have the newest futark, and futark just means um, the, the F, the U, the TH, these are the uh, letters of the alphabet the first um, six you have the elder one you have the newer one you have the northumbrian one and the northumbrian one is more uh, an english one i don't use the younger and the northumbrian footwork for the simple reason because i think the older one is perfect i think that is perfection um because of the whole philosophy behind it then you also have armanen runes which is, I think, uh, Guido von Liszt tried to make them, and I never, ever uh, felt any connection with that. You can look them up. Maybe other people do feel a connection with that. And if you do, that more power to you. But I just, because when I started to look at the older foot arc and then the newer one, it seemed as if the philosophy behind it diminished with every iteration. So I just stuck with the older foot arc. They're a standalone magic system and they are a philosophy because there is a very clear philosophy behind each room. And they are, in my opinion, very, very life affirming. So um, they are meant, in my opinion, as a tool to help you in this world. So in this world, in 
you to help yourself, not to control others or not to necessarily gain insight into other people to use for your own advantage. No, they are life-affirming in that sense that the first rune is a rune of expansion. So expand your mind, expand your knowledge, expand, expand your, um, your presence into this world. And yeah, I, I think, I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and there's symbols. They're, you know, like yes, an alphabet composed of symbols. And symbols have power. I think the more they're used, they just become more and more infused with, with energy, we'll say. So I find that yes. story. Hmm? Yeah, same. Absolutely. It is like these are just um, symbols as if they are keys to a door and the door is in you. And that symbol is the key to that door. And that simple, very simple symbol can signify so much. A whole world of knowledge just opens uh, and wisdom that, that can open up in your own mind just by putting, looking at the symbol, symbol, a whole philosophy with just a few lines. Mm. Yes, my late teacher used to say that the power of symbol, it would bypass the conscious mind and it speaks to the deep psyche. So I, I find it that story of, of outlining the symbol of that rune on your son's tummy, you know, when he was suffering like that. And, and just, well, that says so much. It speaks to the the heightened energy of that symbol, but also your relationship, because what I'm getting from you is you've really over the years formed relationship with, shall we say, the spirit of the elder Futhark, if you will, with the yes, runes. Yes, that, that is absolutely true, because as a teenager, I think I just lacked the ability uh, to self-reflect in a, a way that would be beneficial because as a teenager and everybody is that way you are not so keen on self-reflection because you already think you know it all <laughs> your parents are dumb you know it all better don't you <laughs> we were all like that so I think it was just not the right time I think you need a certain maturity and life um, life experience before these things start to speak to you that's why I also um, don't think that's it would be very useful for a teenager, to be honest. I don't, in my case, at least, it just wouldn't have been useful. It would have been, um, uh, how do you say that, a vanity, mm. almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because with life experience comes wisdom and, and deeper insight. And, and that is, is very much what the runes offer i mean really at the end of the day i mean you can use them for divination certainly but they seem to also offer counsel like they did you like they were counseling you in a sense you know time to move change your life experience that you know it based yes. on what you you know your perception of what that message was was saying yes and that message can indeed be pretty harsh because um look at the time at when these things uh well these these symbols were first created this magic system was first created the world was extremely harsh you couldn't molly coddle people that meant they, that they would 
probably be in danger more than they have was harsh and brutal. The chance of you dying just from having a very bad winter was very, very real. So the warnings had to be severe, especially in the, in the area from which they originated, which was, well, I don't think any of us uh, could walk in the shoes of these people today because of all our creature comforts and our modern luxuries. So yeah, I, you have to be prepared um, that the message is not uh, always what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear, especially well, if you are um, straying from the path of self-improvement. It uh, can be very harsh to admit that to yourself. Yes, but and you have to be ready to receive that message. Oh, yeah, because if you don't want to hear it, and then, yeah, you just don't want to hear it. And I have had people that had pretty hostile reactions uh, after I did room readings for them because of that. <laughs> uh, that has never deterred me from doing room readings from, for people. But I, it has deterred me from offering them for free. I do expect uh, payment for them for that reason. So I know at least that the people that want a reading absolutely do want one and that they come with the warning like I'm never going to tell you what you want to hear it's not even me that is telling you this this is these runes which come from the gods for lack of a better word now do I believe that these gods are actual people living somewhere on a mountain or in the clouds no these are power forces in this world that correspond to elements in nature though natural forces they are ancient they are older than us and once you connect with powers like that just be careful because they don't mess around they don't fuck around you have to don't be uh, fickle uh, avoid hubris and be humble uh, not as in that you have to venerate and uh, give sacrifice and pray and prostate yourself not at all but be humble in the sense that don't fall into the trap of hubris because that is always detrimental for a human yeah yeah absolutely absolutely these systems are they're very old they are all based on nature as well as i mean we are nature and and they have much to teach us now you speak of working with them magically. So I would love for you to speak more about, about that. Well, um, this may be sounding a little bit disappointing to people, but the, the how I uh, use them magically is um, I, I have periods of time where I draw a rune or I feel particularly drawn to a certain rune and I keep that one with me for a long time well a long time for nine days uh, and nine nights I sleep with it I carry it with me and I have a little journal in which I write down every synchronicity that happens everything that hits me out of the blue as if <laughs> quote unquote the gods themselves are whispering in my ear and every dream that I have. And then later I look back at it and I start to see a lot of synchronicities that I don't see at the time. It's always in retrospect. Now, it can happen, of course, that 
uh, I haven't this incredible synchronicity happening and it strikes me like wow that's that is amazing that is fantastic and I always think that having this sort of synchronicities means that you are on the right path it is a sort of message from from the gods from the universe saying like yeah keep at it keep at it you'll be amazed and the amazement is the the confirmation and it's often in retrospect that I start to see like wow this uh, it all sort of fell, for, uh, fell into place not maybe in the way that I would have uh, hoped for but definitely in the way that was necessary for something else to happen that was beneficial for me especially in the long run because immediate results are always a bit <sighs> an immediate result yeah that just doesn't happen it needs to take its time it needs to take its course and when I really feel that I need to give uh, fate a little nudge here and there, I start to create talismans for myself and I keep them with me or I keep them in my house or I hide them in places. Uh, the hiding especially seems to be very effective for me, that I hide them somewhere and I forget they exist. And all of a sudden I find them again somewhere and I realize like, oh, they totally worked. I want, I was wishing for something and I got it. Uh, I was hoping something would happen and it happened. Okay. Okay. And so, so this is a rune that you've worked with for, this is a rune we're talking about. You make, use them as talismans, correct? Yes. yes. And so, and, and is it that you work with it for nine days and nine nights and or, or was that really to sort of learn from the rune itself? Or would you work with it for that many days with the intention and then hide it? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's a bit unrelated in that sense. Like I sometimes do this. I don't always do this, but sometimes there is just a rune that I seem to be thinking about more uh, often than I'm not thinking about it. And if I'm thinking about runes in general, that there is always one that stands out to me. So I take that one and keep that with me. And then there are times when I feel uh, uncertain about uh, things happening around me that I draw one and I keep that one with me for nine days and nine nights. Um, and sometimes I don't do that at all. Um, and then when I'm thinking about certain things, like for instance, like um, let's say I'm concerned with uh, entity activity in my house that stands loose from the, the, the runes that I draw or, or pull or keep with me. I will just make a talisman with the knowledge that I possess to keep that uh, phenomenon in check. Hmm. So do you have a lot of entity and activity at, the, at that house? Uh, less and less because now I have a, a son and he's very small and I seem to be um, way less patient with all that. I just don't want that around him. Um, I don't think it's wise. He's too young and it's better even if it is all just benevolent and not really harmful or hostile to me. I still don't like it around him because yeah. at the end of the day, these things are capricious. And it, the mood can change and it can change quickly. And I don't want that around him. Yeah, yeah. Babies are, well, and children are little sponges and they, yeah. they don't sort of have the defenses in place as yet. 
So yeah, they don't. That's a that's a good idea. Um, could you maybe talk about each rune just a little kind of I hate to even insult them with the word synopsis, but just like just say a little bit about each each rune, especially coming from you because you're you've been in relationship for some time now. Yeah, well, there are there are many ways you can talk about them. For instance, they are divided into three ets uh, atir, and they have to do either a sort of <laughs> avant-garde Maslow's pyramid, if you will, <laughs> because the first one has to do uh, the first et, which is uh, Freyr's et, has to do with creature comforts, or well, creature comforts in the sense that we connect with other people, we need to find a way. Um, well. First, we need to feed ourselves and we need to make sure that we are protected and that we have a place to sleep. And from that, we form a clan, a tribe or a family or a village, whatever it is you want to call it. And those are the first eight. The second eight have to do with if you um, gather these things around you, at some point, a struggle will happen, whether that struggle is internal in your village or it comes from the outside. So it deals with warfare, warfare of the mind or warfare in, in the material. And then from that, battle lines uh, are drawn. There is an evolution happening. Either a battle is won, or we have to redefine what it is that we want as a family or a clan, or we have to maybe strengthen ourselves in order to avoid a battle or a warfare with the outside in the future and that is where the third one comes along this the one of civilization of um, the might if you will of uh, law is probably a, hmm. a good word for it and then within them you have in the first ones you have the fehu rune which i always think of as the of as the big bang rune it is from that moment uh, in in the in the Gnun Kikap, in the big void, where something happens, the sparks, it's that moment of creation, that moment of inspiration, and it is an expansive force, like the Big Bang, it never comes back to each other. In our perception, as humans at least, it's always expanding. And that is that Fehu room. Uh, secondly, that is that is all chaos of course and chaos the unbridled chaotic force of expansion and from that we have to start making a bit of order into chaos and that is the urus rune from we start to create archetypes and these archetypes are just uh, are just as powerful as the ox of which uh, well the ox the the urus the primordial ox if you will the primordial bull um, that is how powerful or that is the second rune and thirdly, um, as anything that is expansive and explosive, uh, it can also be rather destructive. An act of creation can be destructive. Um, it's also a law of nature, something for something else. Um, that's just how that goes. But... Um, it means applied power. So a destructive force, but used for your own defense, if you will. So that is the third rune is a rune that I've always told people or warn against, at least offer a word of caution that if you are going to tattoo this one on you, 
be absolutely certain that you are not the type of person that is already naturally aggressive. And I've had people contact me like, Tina, I have tattooed this on me and it just made me more angry all the time. It's like, yeah, um, if you are the kind of person that is already prone to anger and aggression, that is a bad room to tattoo on you. It has to, not all rooms are good for all personality types. And this room in particular, if you are a very timid or a meek person, I'll help you. But not if you're very prone to anger and aggression. Mm. Avoid it. Mm -hmm. the, the fourth one is, um, it is the rune of, I'm going to go um, with how, not with, the, with their um, div, div, divination uh, meanings because they can have def several meanings depending on how they fall around other runes but it is the so I'm going for the magical use and their uh, philosophy the fourth one is the rune of um, the the shamanic frenzy so it is the sort of knowledge that you can gain and also use to inspire people almost as a battle cry that when you are dancing and you're dancing your shamanic dance, you have that, uh, that passion and that fire in you that can inspire others, but can also give you a deep knowledge of the world around you, but also about yourself. But it is, again, it can be chaotic. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're already a person that is very, very chaotic, be careful with this one. It can make you... It can, it can scramble your mind almost and make, can make it very hard to see an order in all the, the chaotic patterning around you. And the name of that but, one um, is again? Sorry, Tina. Um, Ansus. Ansus, okay. okay. It looks like an F. Ah. The, third, the third one, I uh, know, what am I saying? The, the fifth one mm, is the Raidorun. This is one, one that I used on my son. Uh, when he was having belly problems it is just it can be used um, as a rhythm uh, it is the rune of rhythm the rhythm of thrudging along or the rhythm of um, of, of a drum if you will but it it stands for order the order of a very mm. of a rhythmic beat almost but yeah, it, in that sense, magically, you can use it to um, fortify uh, your, own, your own drive, your own passion. And the one after that is the Kenas rune, which is just a, a sideways V. This is the fire rune, but the fire, the controlled fire as where the, the rune of uh, the, the passion, this is very controlled, it's the heart fire rune. So it is a force of destruction still that you use for, um, for uh, a transformation, a regeneration, the death of something, you, the death of an animal, for instance, you cook it and it becomes food. It's very transformative in that sense and it also has to do with death because lots of runes have to do with death and that is something that you will never find in all those wicca books that there's a lot of runes that have to do with the cycle of life and death and let's be honest butchering an animal is not a nice thing to do it's not a pleasant thing to do i don't know anyone that 
enjoys doing that, but it is necessary sometimes. Well, I won't go into the whole vegan <laughs> vegetarian debate there, but um, it was necessary for the people who lived during the time that these were created. Then you have the one that looks like an X. Um, many people think of this as the, the love room. And that is true in a sense, but it is also not true because it. lots of people would use this one, I think, misguidedly if they want to do love magic on somebody else. But that is not the kind of room that it is actually for. It is a one that strengthens bonds. Um, but also the bond between siblings and parents. And it is a love rune in that sense, but the sort of love that is um, not um, frivolous. It has to be a deeply felt rune, uh, uh, love. Like, for instance, the love in a family. And if a family fractures, that can be deeply painful and traumatic for everybody involved in that family. So if you were going to use it as love magic in that way, it would be better applied to a family than in between a couple. Mm -hmm. um, then is the last one in the first et that looks to, uh, that looks like a, a P. It's Wonyo. Um, this one. If you really want to uh, get into that whole love magic thing, which in my opinion is a form of black magic, if you do it without the knowledge of that other yeah, person. I agree. But if, if you are in a relationship with somebody and they are open to this and you want to work it out and you want to give yourselves a little bit of a magical nudge, you can use this one together with each other's full knowledge. Don't do this behind people's back. It's Is it really worth it? Um, this sort of magic doesn't last in the end it it the the black magic kind of easy win easy go with that sort of magic um but it is uh, a rune a rune that is can use to strengthen harmony harmony in a general sense not just between siblings or lovers or married people but it is a very positive one that has very little, if actually no negative connotations to it, harmony, well-being, fellowship, that sort of things. So it can also be used amongst friends to strengthen a friendship bond. Um, and that is basically everything, uh, all that that uni is used for. Uh, it always signifies something positive if it falls in a reading in its upside down um, in its upside down position. No, when it's with its face up position, excuse me, not when it's upside down position. Then on the second ad, um, the first one there is a very tricky one and that is often misinterpreted. Uh, it's misinterpreted because of people that that oh, I don't want to sound insulting or condescending, but people that really have no idea what they're doing. It is the maelstrom, the, the hailstrom, the, the storm of ice happening. It is again, a rune of chaos, just like the one in the, in the first ed, the first one is also chaos, but a chaos of creation as where this one is a chaos of absolute destruction. Now, Lots of people um, like to 
mm, look at this rune as the equivalent of the tower card in the tarot and that I can see where they're coming from but that is not really correct it is the hailstrom that is the eye of the storm so while everything is going around you destroying uh yeah <laughs> everything around you is in utter chaos and destruction you need to be the eye of the storm in total calmness total calmness because it won't help you being swept up in all that chaos you need to calm yourself and from there on you will start to see a pattern emerging in all that chaos around you and those patterns can lead you either to your own destruction or a way out um, depending on how you personally want to utilize this room Yes, you can use this room to create destruction in another person's life, uh, which would technically become a curse. Now, these things were also um, curses, were also a very real thing back then. Um, but they were also always a last resort, the sort of last resort that you would use when everything else has failed. Um, then the name of that rune again is? Hegel or Hagalas. Hagalas, okay, gotcha. That's, yes, it is also the rune of the, the cosmic egg in that way. You know, the mm. magic circle, the rune of the magic circle. Um, so it is a very, very, very powerful rune that you can use uh, on yourself as well uh, as for that is a rune that is very, very, uh, how do you say, it has multiple purposes. There is a lot that you can use this rune for. It is a rune that you can very easily use in talismans to strengthen the power of every other rune that is in there. Uh, for good or for worse. <laughs> it always depends on the person and the intention. Yeah, it's all about who's wielding the wand. Yes, the it yeah. is the most perfect rune in the entire Futark, in my opinion. A very misunderstood rune. And a rune that often has people like, oh no, something bad is going to happen when it falls into a reading. But that's not the case. That's not the case. Uh, or not always the case. Don't automatically jump to that conclusion because that's at your own detriment every time. The second one is um, the rune of endurance. Whenever I pull this rune in a reading, it almost always means that you need to be patient. Uh, yes, that may be very uncomfortable sometimes that you need to endure certain hardships and it's not what anything anyone ever wants to hear. But a lot of it also depends on which other runes are being pulled or how they land around this rune. But it's a rune that if you are having a difficult time, you can use this one magically in a talisman or whatever magical working, invent your own rituals, invent your own uh, workings and operations. That's always a good idea, I think, to come up with your own with your own rituals. If you have to overcome the stress, if for whatever reason you find yourself lacking in patience or the ability to endure certain things or find that you have a hard time having your personal needs fulfilled uh, this is a very good rule to use uh, magically for that 
then the the name of that room one. sorry uh, what's the oh name excuse that? me i always forget it's notice notice okay yes um, then the isalu which is the next one this is just a line <clears throat> means uh it's an ice pick uh but ice not ice as in um actual ice it is the primordial ice so antimatter if you will i don't know if you're familiar with the with the nordic uh creation story but first there was the void and the void is the big nothingness it is everything and it is nothing at the same time it is it has all the potential but nothing has been formed and from that the primordial ice um grew and grew and grew because everything is expansive in this universe, our world. The ice from the rivers, from uh, Niflheim, dripped down into that nameless void. And from the furnace below the, the Muspelheim, the primordial fire, eventually they met in the middle. And from that, an, alchem an alchemical reaction uh, occurred that created everything. In a sense, this is the, the rune of antimatter, if you will, to put it in more modern terms. So this is a tricky one, if you want to use it in magic, because it basically means that you have to, and this is going to sound so new agey, but uh, I'm going to go for it. You have to let go of your basic ego in order to integrate it um, into the world, if you will, um, the world of knowledge, uh, shamanic knowledge. This is knowledge of how everything works, how everything can be used and manipulated. The world that is actually placid, the universe is not a static thing. It can be manipulated. I know that's an ugly word, but I don't mean it um, in a malicious sense. Everything we do is a manipulation. We touch something, we pick up a glass we are manipulated that glass in that sense um so it is is the room in which you can almost lose yourself or let go of yourself in such a way that you detach from yourself and look at yourself from a distance that's what i mean with um letting go of the ego looking at yourself from uh, outside and from there, you can find out what it is that you are doing or how others are seeing you. You become detached from yourself uh, in order to then reintegrate into yourself and develop those parts of yourself that you feel are lacking or destroy those parts of yourself that you feel, you feel are uh, holding you back. The next one is Yera. And that is a very, uh, a very simple one, meaning that um, it means the turning of the wheel, the turning of the year, the turning of the cycles. Everything in nature is cyclical. Even life and death, something's, something dies, so another thing may live. Seasons follow each other up, the sun goes up, and then it goes down again, and it will go up again. That is what it means. So... If you really feel that you want to work at something that will require uh, some effort, like things like gardening, for instance, just an example, 
but gardening is a very good example with this. If you want to use this room uh, in gardening or in farming or whatever it is that uh, has to do with fertility, is an extremely good room to use because it um, teaches you its philosophy to never go against natural law, to always go with the cycles, go with the motion of the cycles and don't fight uh, the world in a way that is unwinnable. For instance, with the gardening, if you go against natural law and you start to see uh, and you start to plant things during winter, your crops will die. If you start uh, would like to harvest things in winter, your crops uh, it just it just won't happen. Everything will die and you will starve and your garden will be barren. So it teaches you to go with natural law and not ever against it. In a magical sense, that is very important because. If we look at the world today, a lot of things are going against natural law. And I know this is a very controversial subject. And if you want to cut this part out, I understand. Absolutely but not. I'm not going to coddle my audience. So I think whole, they can handle it. <laughs> yeah, trans, transgenderism. No, I have no problem with people doing with their bodies what they think should happen to their bodies. That is their own choice. And that is not up to me to meddle with but to tell this to children that they are born in the wrong body and that they need all these sort of things in order to feel better is everything against natural law. And what do we see? These people become very unhappy. They, we are constantly getting gaslit that these people will commit suicide uh, if they are not allowed to do this, which is absolutely untrue. <laughs> Where are all these suicides before this became a thing? It's just gaslighting. It is pretty evil in my opinion. But yeah, um, and all the problems that come with that as well. And that's what I mean with going against natural law comes is inviting trouble for yourself and we should not do it. Now, do what you will, of course. Eh? You have free will, but it comes with a price and it always does. It goes back to what I said earlier about myself just not being ready for runes at a certain age because I thought I knew it everything. And teenagers, children are like that. And we cannot fault them for that. It's just how no. they are. The brain actually isn't even fully formed till you're about 25. Mm, indeed. Mm. There's a reason why children are not allowed to drink before a certain age or to buy alcohol. Yeah, or drive a car. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So again, as a, as a fully informed adult, different story. But and I, I totally get your point. Indeed. Um, yeah. But like I said, you're an adult, you do what you want. That's no, that's no skin of my back. Mm -hmm. There's no effect on me. Um, yeah, well, the next rune is the Awas rune. And it sort of looks like a, a hook on both ends, like a line and a hook on both ends. Um, this is the, the room that stands for the Yggdrasil, or at least its trunk, the trunk that connects the worlds um, directly to do with the living and the dead. So Midgard, Asgard and Helheim. Um, that room, again, has to do with the cycle of light, life and death. But it is also a rune that is very effective if you want to overcome the fear of death. Because the fear of death comes from the fear that everything is finite and that at cert a certain point we will be nothing. Now, that is not true. 
um, not only will we never be nothing, we will always be remembered by the people in our lives and the people that loved us and cherished us. Um, well, if if you've not been an absolute asshole, maybe. <laughs> that comes with a trade-off as well. It? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, if you want to overcome the fear of death, um, that is a very good one because the fear of death is something that is underestimated, I think. It can hold you back a lot. It can produce such a fear in you that you can even fear to go outside of your own house or to take a risk in anything because you're just so afraid of, of death. Um, but we all die. Um, nobody is immortal. And it should not stop us from wanting to do things that have a certain risk attached to it. That doesn't mean that we need to be reckless. Of course not. Don't, don't be reckless. But uh, also don't let this fear stop you from doing the things that you would otherwise really enjoy doing. The things that you want to do with your life. Take a leap in the dark. Um, pack up and leave. Go take that voyage. Go take that journey. Go dive in the ocean. Go jump out of a plane with a parachute. Those things. Mm -hmm. But um, also the fear of death. Um, it is also of course because it is a rune of death also a rune of reincarnation because again every everything is cyclical and i don't want to tell people what to believe but me as a pagan i do believe in reincarnation and i think it is a very real thing um and yes most people will indeed go to helheim which is where the word hell comes from but it's not a bad place it's just the afterlife, it is the same as Hades, um, where we go through certain uh, cycles or levels of Helheim before we are reborn again, almost as if as if it is a sort of debriefing from our life. This place is not permanent, though it can be for some people, but you have to be an absolute monster, uh, an irredeemable monster there is a place for people like that and they will become demons at some point they won't be reborn and these people do exist um yeah the don't want to i will that's a whole topic in itself by the way very yes. very fascinating one the next one is uh the petro one this is the the dice cup now lots of people associate this with luck they're not wrong but it's a very superficial way of looking at it um, it means um, when you want to go from point A to point uh, Z, some people will make that jump a lot easier than others. And it all has to do with the hands you are being dealt when you were born. If you are born poor, um, can you at some point become a millionaire? It's not impossible. It absolutely isn't. It just means that you will have a harder time reaching that point than somebody that is born into wealth. It is the rune of the three norns. They're norms that weave the path of life. Now you as a person have free will and the norms just weave whatever that person chooses. But some choices lead to worse choices and some choices lead to better choices. And runes can help you navigate that web more easily. The next one is uh, the life rune. This is the, the rune of the Valkyrie, if you want, if you will. Um, the very protective rune the rune of the life force if you want to strengthen your own life force 
um, in a way that you want to amplify it in such a way that it will repel things coming your way, uh, almost like a shield. Like a, if you have a mirror and you shine a light on it, it reflects it back. You strengthen your own life force in such a way that you have no need for hostilities, almost because whatever is coming to you, it just it's no match almost. And this rune signifies that own life force in you. Yes, you could call it your charisma in a way, although that's not entirely true. Charisma is a byproduct of life force, uh, a symptom almost. But, and I, I, would, I would keep it at that. I'm not going to complicate it too much. And the name Next of that room, what was the name of oh, that room? Uh, Elas, the Elhas room. Okay, yep. The next one is the Sowell or Sowillow, the solar wheel. Uh, again, one that has to do with um, cycling, uh, cycles. But uh, one that very much has to do with the magical will. So you setting a goal for yourself and you wanting to reach that path and you giving yourself so much um, vigor in your mind that you have convinced yourself of your own success a rune that is very very useful in sport for instance um that is yeah because it is the rune of success and victory but the sort of victory that may be hard won which sports is it is it can be difficult it can be um yeah uh, it's not easy a sport to become uh excuse me to excel at the sport you need to give a lot of sacrifices you need to work very hard for it but you have that drive in you that brings you to that victory even if you don't always win the race you're still victorious in that sense that you finished that race and that is what that uh, rune is for that is the end of the of the second ed and then we go to the third one the Tiwas, uh, or the Tir rune, Tir is a god, the, the, the god that was the Allfather before Odin was, uh, who willingly gave that place up to Odin. He's also the god that lost his hand uh, right before Ragnarok. Mm. Tir is the god of justice and also self-sacrifice, but not the kind of self-sacrifice uh, where you become a martyr. Um, Tyr did not become a martyr. Tyr, Tyr made a strategic sacrifice, uh, much like in a chess game. Sometimes you have to sacrifice uh, an important piece to win the game, very much like that. So obtaining victory and success, but in terms of law. If you are having trouble with the law or bureaucracy, this is a very good rune to start using. That may very well help you. The next one is the birch or the Berkanoron rune, and this stands for Earth Mother. Uh, Earth Mother, the Dark Mother. The Dark Mother that if you die, you go into the grave, and from there you become something else as life. Maybe that is the tree that is growing on your grave, or maybe those are the animals that will eventually consume you um so you it is 
again want to do with death and a rebirth under the rebirth of the spirit so if you are having a lot of trouble in your life like i had at some point that you almost need to reinvent yourself self-isolation can help you because if you eliminate all the all the distractions all what you're left with is yourself your own thoughts so you can start to analyze those and you can give birth to a new version of yourself it is the rune that is the polar opposite of um, another rune in this set whereas this one is the mother in which the seed is planted and from which something else may grow that other rune is the seed that goes into that soil so they are very much entangled that one mm. it's also a rune that um, when we think of the womb it's protection uh, protects the baby from everything everything goes through the body of the mother filters down to the baby in a way that is not harmful for them um, and it is also almost a protective embrace when you feel like you're falling apart emotionally what do you need you need a really good hug that can that can uplift you that can help you or at least it can give you a little bit of strength or um, what's the word yeah i'm not a native speaker sometimes i think um, when you when you get a hug it can give you some some emotional reinforcement almost uh, mm -hmm. that's what that can stand for but again it can be harsh because coming to terms with yourself and looking yourself into the mirror or listening to your own voice when all outside dis distractions are gone you may not always want to hear it and if you don't want to hear it you're not going to hear it or you're going to reject it vehemently. The next one is the Ewas rune. Uh, that is the rune of the twin gods. It looks like an M, but it's not an M. It is actually two horses nuzzling each other. That's what it stands for. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know exactly. The of, yeah. <laughs> the rune of the divine twins. Um, the divine twins, as in... If you want to reach a goal, a goal, you need to surround yourself with people who have the same goal in mind. If you surround yourself with people who have different goals in mind, you're never going to reach that goal, especially not if it requires a team effort. You need to surround yourself with people who are on your wavelength. If you don't, well, that's always up to you. Maybe you enjoy the chaos that comes from those situations. Some people really do enjoy that. But if, if it is about reaching a goal then you need people who have that same goal in mind otherwise everybody is just doing off of doing their own thing and nobody's working together to what uh, is what you want to achieve sometimes it's necessary to depart from certain people and find other people who do uh, want the same things as you it can only be in your benefit if you want to have a happy family or you want to have children let's say in a relationship and you are with a partner that only wants to party and doesn't want the children are you going to be happy maybe you need to leave that person to find somebody who wants the same things as you um so it is a rune of trust and loyalty but also the one of legal marriage 
um, not just relationships, but actual legal marriage. Because yes, you can be in a relationship with a partner. Um, you can be married to somebody and hopefully, ideally, before you get married, you already had uh, goals in mind. Yes, we want the same things. That's why we are getting married. And even though you may sometimes want the same things, sometimes the, re the way you go about wanting those certain things, they may the same things you want, but you go about them in different ways can, can create strife or tension in the marriage. And this is a good room to overcome that if, you, um, if you're going to use it in your magic workings. The next one is mamas, which looks like an M with an X inside. Um, it's also a room that has to do with marriage, but the marriage between the self and the divine. Um, so I heard people say like, oh, it is, it is the rune of the divine uh, androg uh, androgynous. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose I find it strange because that's more of a modern thing that came with the uh, Western mystery schools. That's not, they, I don't think that was a thing back then, to be honest. Um, it could have been, but uh, I prefer to not look at it in that way. But it is divine inspiration it is that that whoa moment that you have when you're standing under the shower and you've been mulling over a problem and you just cannot come up with it that all of a sudden it just comes to you and it comes to you out of nowhere that is that room if you want to find solutions for yourself or problems that you have use this room it's also a room uh, of self-realization so of, uh, to increase your own your own intelligence, your memory, your your mental prowess, your mental powers. So also a room that you can use in order to strengthen any magical workings you're already doing. It is that I personally prefer to look at it as the the Lucifer room in that sense, the Lucifer, the the morning star, the divine inspiration that comes from well the heavens, if you will. Uh, also a rune that you can very easily use to open yourself up to, to your inner world. Now, for some people, that means opening up the third eyes. To some people, that means opening up the path to introspection. Again, this means it, it solely depends on your own intention, what you want to do with it. But that is what it is used for. The next one is Lagos which is um, the deep waters of our unconscious. Um, things about yourself that you yourself may not be even be aware of. We all have that. Uh, we're, there are things about every single one of us that we don't know about ourselves. And what we don't know, we cannot change. And it can help to use this room if you want to if you want to delve into that but if you delve into that it will never the unconscious the subconscious will never become something conscious but it will reveal itself in your surroundings and if there is something that you want to know about yourself that you don't know about yourself and that you find impossible to know about yourself look at your surroundings 
how that interacts with you or how that reacts to you uh, that may give you a very good insight in yourself especially when it comes to other people um, how other people uh, react to you can be an indicator of what you need to be changing or growing in yourself I don't buy into this idea that whenever somebody has a problem with you, it means that you attract that person because you have growing to do. No, sometimes people are just assholes and they have a problem with you because they want to have a problem with you. But if you feel the need that you that there are things in you that you find that that you are blind to, this is a rule that you can use. Um, this will manifest itself in dreams, especially. If you're using this room, you need to pay very close attention to your dreams because your dreams will are uh, a world of symbology in itself. And sometimes those symbols have nothing to do with any, uh, or those symbols have nothing, no meaning to anyone except you. So I don't really buy into those dream uh, explanation journals like, oh, if you dream of a dog, it means this. If you dream of a snake, it means that. No, no, no. You have to know, you have to write down your dreams. And sometimes it may not even mean anything. You look back on it after a while or you reread it again. And all of a sudden you be like, oh, have that moment. Like, I get it now. Now I know what that means. Because dreams can also be prophetic sometimes. Mm -hmm. The next one is the rune that I said is the Ing. Uh, Ing was, Ing is also a god. Um, it is the earth god, a earth god. Um, and he is that counterpart of the, the womb rune, the Bekana rune that I said. He is the seed that goes into the earth. So this is a rune that very, very, very much has to do with fertility. Um, fertility, yes, fertility rights for a woman or for uh, a garden or for a harvest but much more to do with fertility of the mind. Uh, fertility of the mind in order um, to, uh, how do you say this? Um, your mind is, is a sponge and you can store everything in your brain. The brain never forgets anything, but we as conscious beings cannot always remember everything at the same time that's why we have neural pathways that sometimes when we remember one thing we start to remember other things um and that is a rule that you can use um for that actually just to become smarter if you will or and fertility rights as well hmm. and yeah uh sex and sex magic that's what it's often used for if you want to have a child and you find it difficult to conceive that is a very good one that you can use mm. the next one is a very very tricky one and it's the degas rune mm. um it is the odinic paradox it is the notion that something can be true and untrue at the same time um very much um, like the dawn or the dusk it is not day and it is not night um, the sun is going under yet it isn't day anymore uh, the sun is going up but it is not day and it is not night it is the in between the liminal um, that point in which magic manifests the pure absolute magic that point of 
attenuation that that you know everything and nothing at the same time um, it is a very difficult one to explain it means polarity and at the same time it also means synchronization um, it's paradoxical it is the in-between place the liminal so if you um, want to have if let's say if you would ever would like to approximate what Odin saw when he was hanging on the world tree when the knowledge of the runes came to him that is the rune that that signifies that the best how are you going to use that is entirely up to the person themselves because this is is indeed a very difficult one but it is also a very magical one i have heard somebody say i have used this room to become invisible now this did that person mean that they actually became invisible or did that or did it just mean that they have carried themselves in such a way that they became invisible in the perception of other people who knows maybe both are true maybe neither are true but that person said this absolutely worked for me so yeah that was a very creative way of using that rune and i like it mm. i i find that a very good way of uh, explaining the how to walk in between the worlds mm. uh, perhaps it's then also a very good rule that if you want to walk on the branches of the yggdrasil in between the worlds of then yeah maybe that rune is one that you can use for that it's uh, to see with the eyes of gods just be aware mm. be careful mm. know yourself mm. um the last one is one that's a very straightforward one it's um the odal rune and is the rune of um that probably signifies odin the best odin uh, as the king or the Alphadr of Asgard, um, the leader. And it means that because Asgard is an enclosure. That's what it actually means. It is an enclosed state, um, a, a stronghold, if you will, um, a, pro a protectorate that, that stands between you and everything out there, a physical barrier. So it can be your home, it can be immobile property, everything that is nailed to the ground, if you will. Uh, yeah, that's what it means. The sacred enclosure, the power that you can inherit from your ancestors. Um, power, also knowledge, of course, that you can uh, inherit from your ancestors. Knowledge is power. But it means maintaining order. If um, you have an established order in your life, the Odal rune is an incredibly useful rune if you want to maintain that order. Um, because outside of Asgard, there is, again, chaos. The world of men is much more chaotic than the world of the gods. And outside the world of men and gods, there is the world of the Jotnar, which are agents of chaos. There's nowhere else to describe them. I find them very fascinating. And 
to think of them as uh, evil, where the Aesir were good, would be a big mistake. I don't look at it like that at all. Um, it is, they're creatures of magic, but magic that is unpredictable. And because it is unpredictable, it can also be explosive and dangerous. And you don't necessarily want that in your own home. That's why that order is needed to maintain that home and to keep the people inside it safe. Um, it is also a rune that um, signifies instead of being egocentric, as in everything is centered around you as an individual, you start to think broader. You start to think outside of yourself and for the needs of others. In a family, that is very important. And you cannot always be thinking about yourself. You have to think about the other people as well. How will my actions affect these people? How will it affect them? How will it uh, badly affect them? Will it affect them in a good way? That sort of thing. Um, but if you uh, are of the materialistic kind and you are very keen on uh, acquiring wealth and property, then this is probably a rune that you can use in your own magical workings to attain that mm. more easily. And I think, yeah, that's all. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was fantastic. Thank you okay. so, so much. That was a lot for going through that, Tina. Really, oh my goodness, I could just listen to you for hours. So we are going to continue with the second hour I will invite everyone to join me at themushroomsapprentice.com and subscribe and you will be able to access the second hour. Now, Tina, so your your YouTube channel is Tina K. Now, what if people want to book a reading with you? How do they contact you? Uh, I have an email address on that uh, YouTube page in the about section. Okay. You can just send me an email. Uh, I only accept payment for PayPal. It's 25 euro per reading. I type amount for you. You can ask me a question afterwards. That is no, not a problem at all. After care, I do that. That comes with it um, for that price. But yeah, I type you out a document. I will, um, you can tell me if you want to, just a general reading um, or you have a specific question. That's no problem. I will do both. A general reading always has the same format. It is the, the three norms reading. Now, if you have, a, you, I, I leave it up to the people. Some people just want that when they ask me a question, the three norms reading. And I will do it, no problem. Now, I will throw runes for people as well, only upon request. Because then they can land upside down. It becomes more complicated. And those are the types of readings of which I had people react with hostility. Because they can be not very nice sometimes. It can reveal things about yourself that you didn't necessarily want to know. Yes. I, I think if someone's going to get a reading, you just you have to be prepared. You have to be in a certain mindset where you're going to receive information and for goodness sake sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good sometimes it's a bit of both like it just is what it is yeah. so okay so now if they go on paypal they would put your your email that's on your youtube channel into the paypal uh yeah just send me an email 
so we have a bit of a correspondence first. Um, the, then I can tell you how it goes in that email. And also, so I can ask you, do you have a specific question for me? Yes. Do you just want a general reading? And then I will send you my PayPal. And within three to four days after I get your uh, get the payment, you have your reading. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome, Tina. Thank you so much. Great first step. You're very welcome.